Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom, though. Here, we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Well, Darren, welcome back to the podcast. It has been a bit. It's been quite a while. A long break for me. (laughs) I've been nagging you. I'm going to say for a good three months. It's been a busy period. It has been a busy period. Mm-hmm. But now you have some podcasts to catch up on because I have promised these people some podcasts. I'm here today. I'm all yours. <laughs> all right. So this episode is just going to be a Q&A all about ours baby. So if you're not familiar what an ours baby is, it's a very weird term actually, but that's what it is in the space. So when the stepmom or like anyone in the step family, like the new step parents have a baby together. How do you even describe it? It's the new family coming together and having a baby. The stepkids are from the past family. Right. So in our case, it is Reese. So I get lots of questions about adding an ours baby if it caused stress. And I will say before we even dive into this, I think a lot of stepmoms are really overthinking this and kind of like creating issues or stress in their head before issues come about with the ours baby. But you did a bit of that before. No, I didn't. I never did that. Yes, you did. I can remember you worrying whether I would love this child as much as the others, whether I would pay as much attention. You had concerns when we were... I remember that. Really? Yeah. I remember you coming out and being concerned when you were pregnant that, am I going to feel the same about this baby? And of course I am. And I do. And you know that. But you had concerns. I remember that. Okay. Well, maybe it needs to go a little easier on these yeah, ladies. Yeah, they're in the same boat you were nine years ago. I literally don't remember stressing about it. Was it just hormonal? No, I think it was always a stress. And even after she was born, I think it was a stress because you were busy with her and I'd be busy with the other kids because they were still relatively young. And so I'd be hanging out and doing stuff with them because your attention would be on Reese. And after they would go to their mothers, you would say to me, you know, are you going to give Reese as much attention? And I'm like, why? I have to give them attention because you're busy with Reese. So somebody's got to pay attention. That is so interesting because I don't even remember that. So you must sympathize with these mothers because <laughs> I do it sympathize. Is very, very true that you had that worry. Okay. But were it my... wasn't an over, overbearing thing, but there was, I remember just some comments made. Were my worries valid? No. No, I think they were worries, but not valid. Once Reese came along, you know, the relationship that we have and the other kids have and I have with Reese and all those worries were just worries. Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm not upset. I I literally didn't even remember remember that, that. which is really interesting because I guess now, you know, I'm 10 years in and I look back and like all these things that maybe I felt like were a really big deal back then aren't a big deal now. And I realized that they weren't a big deal. I think over time you realize that Reese is going to be nine. So there's no difference between the ours baby and the other kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's just dive into these questions because there are a lot. So the first question is, my husband thinks that the kid's mom should take our son if she wants to, because she trusts me with her kids. I would find that in my situation very weird. We did a lit, not take, but Reese would end up over there with the other kids briefly. And it was always a weird situation to us. I think if you have a really great relationship, awesome. But if you are not comfortable with it as the mom, then you can absolutely be like, no, not a chance. 
And I didn't like the wording thing. Like if she wants, she can have our son. No, like if you need a babysitter, maybe if you're in a jam, but I don't think it's a given just because she trusts her kids with you. Well, she doesn't actually get a choice with that either because it's actually your husband who trusts Yeah, I was going to say that's a different dynamic because the husband's there and it's his children and it's an issue that the trust almost comes along with that the husband's there. I would say that's a Depends a on touchy the subject, and, and it depends on the situation, it depends on the time, it depends on the age, it depends on the event. But I don't think there should be a regular back and forth just because there's a trust issue. I think that, again, that trust comes with the dynamic of the household. Mm-hmm. And if the stepmom or the mom isn't comfortable, then the mom's not comfortable. Yeah. Period. All right, next one. How to deal with the anxiety about how my stepkid will react and how it will change the family dynamic. So I, again, I'm going to weigh in on this one because I think you were worried somewhat about that, that the other kids had gotten all this attention from you because you were great when you came along and all of a sudden your attention would go to this new baby. We were fortunate that the kids embraced this new baby as much as we did. Mm -hmm. They were excited about it. They were, you know, I remember when they were just waiting to get to the hospital to meet her. So we didn't have an issue with that. But I do remember that being on your mind, but it, it never really came to fruition. I think you, you always made a, a real effort to make sure that everybody was included. You didn't want anyone being left out and you didn't want any animosity towards the new one. Mm-hmm. And I think looking back, I put a lot of pressure on myself to still be there and do everything for them with Reese. Like if you think about it, I went from zero to four kids in a very short period of time And I remember looking at Reese or like even going to these, you know, mom and baby yoga things. And the moms were like, don't the days seem so long? And I remember being like, no, these days are not long enough. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have enough time to, you know, do what I need to do for the kids. And then I have this baby. And so I remember feeling like a lot of pressure to just kind of keep showing up the way I was showing up. But it did kind of work. And you did a good job. You were also really good at allowing me to go do things with the other kids. So it didn't take... I just wanted you guys to get out of the house. It didn't... (laughs) But it didn't take their dad away from them. And I think that's sometimes what could happen is that we could be paying so much attention to this new baby. And that could be in a non-step situation that the newest and the youngest gets all this attention. The other kids feel a bit of jealousy. But you always were on side if I wanted to take the kids out snowmobiling or down to a friend's place and you didn't want to go or we would go to a movie or we would do some sort of event you were always okay with us so the kids didn't feel you know that we were just paying attention to this baby and their life had just changed yeah i was like we still did things. don't let the door hit you on the way out <laughs> what is the best way to cope with the stress from a high conflict ex during pregnancy i think you need to minimize communication whenever possible and not get caught up in what she thinks or how she will react about this pregnancy, right? If you give her too much permission to have an opinion on things, you're going to set yourself up for more conflict after the baby's born. Like you just really need to like communicate on a need to know basis. Yeah. And I think you've got so much on your plate with a pregnancy. You've got concerns, you know, your body's changing, you know, our lifestyle is changing in preparation. So you really consume yourself with that and not worry about the little nitty gritty that an ex brings to the table. The only case where it might be tough is if the ex rallies the kids against this pregnancy or something like that. We didn't have that fortunately, but if that happened, I could see that being a very stressful time. And and of course, when you're pregnant, you want as little stress as possible. So I think we were good at just almost, that was probably the 
a less stressful time for us was during that period because I don't remember being stressed. It was after and before that we had issues with her that we we didn't really have during the pregnancy because I think we were so busy worrying about this pregnancy. Yeah, I think that when you're pregnant, you need to do whatever you can just to protect your energy. So if you have to say to your partner, just let me know things on a need to know basis. Like you don't need to know every little nitty gritty detail and just let your partner take the lead on that. And that can be hard, but again, protecting your energy at all costs because you have to take care of yourself. Like, you know, I get DMs from stepmoms all the time who are pregnant, worrying about things that haven't even happened or how the ex is perceiving a certain situation or how they may perceive a situation. I do think it's also important to be like, is this actually happening? Do I have proof that this is the actual stressor right now? And kind of like fact check yourself so that you don't get caught up. And the father does need to step up and almost insulate you a little bit from that because I remember you know, you were busy with the change in your lifestyle and you were still working at that point and, and um, it was stressful, the job you were in while being pregnant. And the last thing I needed to do was have you weigh in on issues I was having. So I almost kind of insulated you. I do remember that just dealing with stuff myself, thinking Jamie doesn't need to know about this or it's not a big deal. We'll just worry about this later. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Next question. How do I deal with wanting different things for our ours baby without offending my partner? If I want different things for our baby that, you know, maybe your kids didn't get or like, I don't know, maybe you wanted your kid to go to a private school or you want them to go to a different school or you want them to have different opportunities or maybe you disagree with something that your stepkids are allowed to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we did because there were things that I let the kids do that you wouldn't let Reese do when she was younger. Not a freaking chance. And... She did, I guess, have different rules at that age. Again, she was younger, so it was age, you know, when the other kids were four, they had maybe a little different rule than she had at four, but I don't think it ever caused an issue because they don't remember what their rule was or Mm -hmm. Reese didn't even know what their rule was, that maybe they got away with more than what she was. I was definitely way more strict with the kids than I am with Reese, 100%. Yeah, and I think that comes along with the youngest. There's certain things that we've let slide now with Reese that the other kids were... But even that came with the youngest of the other three kids. Yeah, He got away with more than some of the older ones did Mm. because, again, age. He still does. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, you really have to get clear with your partner about what you guys want for your child. Again, though, try not to be talking about something like years in advance. Like if your stepkid is allowed to do something at 11 years old and you're like, well, my baby will never, you know, be able to do that. Try not to get in a fight about it now. Don't bring it up and cause stress about it now. Like things will progress, right? Like take it one day at a time, but the two of you need to come together and decide how you're going to raise your kids together. And I do think that your partner needs to recognize that this is going to be a little bit of a different dynamic. And the worst thing that a partner can say to the stepmom is like, well, this is how me and, you know, the ex did it and it worked out great. Or, you know, me and the ex did this. Like they really need to avoid at all costs making references to how they did it with their ex because that just makes the stepmom feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, I, and I, I don't think I did that, but maybe I did. The no, there was the thing but, with the rocking chair. Remember, you were oh, like, well, yeah, we have okay. a rocking chair downstairs. And I was like, I'm not rocking my baby on the same chair. Like, okay. that's got to go. So, yeah, that I get. But you're right about that. Don't start arguing about things that haven't even come into play because I think one of the things we started talking about was, you know, Reese was one years old and you're like, well, she's never going to have pop. 
Well, I knew you were going to say that. Well, she's one years old. Let's not worry about that till there's a time when she even wants a pop, you know. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now Reese has Coke at dinner. <laughs> the odd time. The odd time. <laughs> we try not to have it. Yeah. We, we no, but it is true. No, pop. You would bring that up when she was like, two, you know, she's not going to have the amount of candy the other kids have. Well, let's wait till they're 12 and requesting candy. Let's not worry about it when they're one. Yeah, for sure. How to overcome the ex influencing a negative relationship with the ours baby. That's really hard, but I really think you just got to like stay true to what's true for you guys and focus on your home and focus on the relationships with all of the kids, make everyone feel welcome. Like I do think if you have a strong relationship with your kids and really focus on that and try not to buy into the bullshit that mom is doing in that situation, that's really all you can do. Mm -hmm. But there is situations where there's parental alienation and, you know, mom really does say things that impact the way that the kids perceive the new baby. And it's really hard. I do also believe though, before the baby comes, the baby's just an idea. And then when the baby arrives, it's like really humanized, right? Like, oh, this is like a new baby in our home. And there is a little bit more of a connection than when you're pregnant. So that can help with the kids. Yeah. And that's a hard situation, the negative impact on the relationship, because, you know, again, I don't want to vent too much, but we're in a situation where there was no obvious in front of other people, negative connotations or negative opinions. But where an ex will sometimes try to get at you is making changes financially or to schedules, to things like that, that can negatively affect the ours baby. Mm-hmm. And I found that was the passive aggressive stance that is hard to deal with because this isn't upfront stuff that's directly, you know, the other kids are a negative relationship with the ours baby, but it's taking away from the ours baby some of the things that were positioned or tried to change. And I didn't like that. And that was hard to deal with because it was more of a thing that you, you know, almost have to get into the legal system and stuff. But that bothered me because it was going to affect our ours. Yeah, and for I thought sure. That was kind of dirty pool, so to speak. Yeah, no, totally. I, I never know, really even you, thought about you're not that. Making a big upfront stink, but you're behind the scenes, gonna try and negatively impact our ours baby situation. Yeah, and you know it is like the passive aggressive stuff behind the scenes. Sometimes like schedule changes, or even just kind of like dropping things on on us on us when there's like a new baby, just like a bunch of different stuff. But I think again, it really comes down to just keeping your boundaries and showing up the way that you want to show up and like trying to show up as your best self, even when things are really hard. And that's the key, right? It's like, how do you show up as a stepmom or in a step family when things are really tricky? How do you balance the schedules of the little and very active big kids? That was hard. I was like chucking that baby around to hockey <laughs> arena after hockey arena. You were a trooper. I was a trooper. You would do some of those God, hockey Did you ever think about how lucky you are to have me? Yeah. yeah. I, I, you, it <laughs> I was, so. We were very fortunate. I think our whole family unit, including my ex, was very fortunate to have you because really my work wouldn't have accommodated to do both those schedules, but you stepped up and did it. And maybe I would have had to get an accommodation schedule with her. I don't know, because I couldn't have done it without you. And thank you. You're welcome. 
But yeah, that is tricky. And maybe you have to, with your ex, get some sort of work accommodation schedule. We were fortunate you were able to just grab that bull by the horns and do it. But not everyone can. Everybody, you know, there's there's very busy schedules. And when you've got multiple kids going multiple places and you've got a little one, it makes it even trickier. Yeah. So we definitely would bring Reese a lot of places. Like she spent a lot of time at a hockey arena. But also I think that a lot of stepmoms who have gone to like every hockey game or every soccer game or whatever... You can just take a little step back when you have a new baby, right? So maybe you don't need to be at everything. And I stopped going to everything. So just to give you a little bit of permission there, like don't be afraid to ask someone else to take your stepson to hockey if you've got too much going on and you just can't bring the baby or something like that. Like you can rely on your village. And I think that's really important. And, you know, there's this idea that you should be at every single hockey game. And I just don't believe that that's true. Like... It's sometimes not best for everyone to be at all the schedules, right? It's a tiring schedule too, if you've got multiple kids. So you were really good at times just making sure one of them would get somewhere and then I would get there middle of the game or, you know, first period because that's when I could get there. And if we had two on the go, yeah, we would rely on friends or, you know, you would get one there and I'd get the other one, then we'd go to the other one. But it was, yeah, full-time scheduling. There was like a time when there's like 15 ice times in a week. I was in the hockey arena every day of the week for a couple of years. Yeah. We had three of them going for sure all at once. But it does go quickly. So if you're in the trenches of that right now, or maybe you're in that busy stage, you know, now that the kids are older, we don't have that busy schedule anymore. Or, you know, kids can drive and it just becomes a little bit easier. So it is a very short period of time. So just kind of remember like this too shall pass. Yeah. And enjoy even like you'll miss it too. I mean, lots of parents probably say that, but I'm glad it's not so busy anymore, but there are things that I miss about it that we really enjoyed, you know. We, mm-hmm. for we, sure. would be, we would meet in a town an hour away and go for dinner after a game because I'd have to take one and get there and then you get there and then we'd all go for dinner. It was, mm-hmm. I miss some of those things. So Yeah, you got to make the best of it. Okay, does having Reese make the transition day a bit easier? I think that's for you. Yes. The transition days were very difficult for me when we first separated. We did a two-day, two-day, every-other-weekend schedule, and I think it was... It was a terrible schedule. Because the youngest was only four, four, five, and I was the one who pushed that because I didn't like the idea of being away from the kids a whole week. That was just going to be dreadful for me. So the transition day was very difficult. After holidays, was very difficult. When Reese came along, yes, it made it, you know, you've got this little one, and when they leave, you've got someone there, and so it became easier. And then we did go to the week on, week off, but we always had a a dinner on the week off and I would go to the sports. And so it seemed like you'd see lots of them, but it certainly makes the transition a lot better. And and even as they get older, really makes it easier because there used to be a loneliness I found when they would leave. Didn't you want to hang out with me? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, we would have, we we embraced that time too. Yeah, it was good. But there was a loneliness. The house was empty. With Reese, you know, I feel sorry for her sometimes, you know, not as much anymore because she's older now. But when she was little, like, and they would leave, it was sort of like, oh, the fun's, you know, off for a week or, Mm -hmm. you know, but then we got some great one-on-one time with her. Yeah, she definitely gets the best of both worlds. But you remember the other day at dinner... Zach was going to stay at his mom's for the weekend or for the week because he had something going on. And she was like, wait, that's like my time with my brother. And we didn't even really like think about it that way, but she was looking forward to him coming back. So there's pros and cons. I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving who also help support the show. 
As you know, my mindset has really changed around the importance of a healthy lifestyle, and I have been making my health a huge priority. Now, over the last year or so, I have started to integrate some micro habits into my day to help me be healthier, more energetic, and to really change the way that I feel. Now, one of the micro habits that I have integrated is Element. Here's the deal. When you are deficient in electrolytes, it can cause headaches and cramps and fatigue and feelings of weakness. Straight up, it can make you feel like garbage. And having a sufficient amount of electrolytes in your system can regulate your appetite and curb cravings and overall just make you feel much better. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low carb diets or practicing intermittent fasting or physically active or sweat a lot. And a lot of the electrolyte drinks have sugar and artificial ingredients and coloring, which is not needed and unhealthy. Now get this, according to the FDA, over 70% of sodium in the typical US diet is consumed from packaged and processed food. Now you do need sodium. So when you adopt a whole food diet and you're eliminating the processed food and all of that crap, you actually eliminate a lot of the sodium from your diet. Now, obviously it's not recommended that you reintroduce the processed food, but not replacing that sodium can negatively impact how you feel, which is where Element comes in. So Element is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for anyone following a keto, low carb or paleo diet. It has none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I personally have Element every single day mostly when I'm working out, but also when I'm feeling dehydrated or perhaps had some wine the night before. Now Element is offering a free sample pack with the purchase for my listeners. When you order through my link, they have a money back guarantee. So if you don't like it, you can get your money back. And this sample pack allows you to taste the different flavors and just figure out what your favorite is. Personally, mine is watermelon and raspberry is a close second. So just head to www.drinkelement.com forward slash kickassstepmom. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom to place your order and get your free sample pack. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom. I want to tell you about something I'm doing for 2023. I'm going through my closet and getting rid of anything that does not represent my best self. If the best version of myself, the one that I dream about becoming wouldn't wear it or it doesn't make me feel confident and good, it is going in the donate pile or I'm selling it. That includes my loungewear. I am no longer into comfy clothes that make me feel like a slob kebab. I want to look cute. I want to look put together even when I'm just chilling. So I have gone through my loungewear and purged. You want to know what's left? My Cozy Earth. I am not kidding when I tell you that Cozy Earth loungewear is next level. It washes perfectly, it fits well, and the quality is amazing. The breathable four-way stretch bamboo viscose fabric is temperature regulating and the most comfortable ever. If I were you, I would order the bamboo joggers and the ultra soft bamboo pullover crew. It's probably no surprise, I have it in black. I also have the ultra soft wide leg pullover pants and I'm obsessed. Also, if you want to up your PJ game, the loungewear bamboo PJs are also unreal. All you have to do is head to CozyEarth.com and use the code CozyJamie40 for 40% off your order. Yes, 40%. That's the biggest discount that they offer. 
Head to CozyEarth.com and use the code CozyJamie40 for 40% off. Did Darren always want another child given the ages of the other three? I'm remarried and my stepkids are seven and eight. And so that's a really funny story, I think. This is a story you made up in your head. Just no, so you know. it's not made this up is in like my head. not true. We were somewhere and I think somebody asked me, he said, you were younger or, and I had kids and would I be doing that? But it was really early on we were dating and I kind of said, no, that ship's already sailed. But then you and I talked and you said, you've had things I haven't had. And are you open to that? And I, then I really thought hard about it and I, and I was. And then when we got married, yes, I really wanted to have a child between the two of us. Well, we got married quickly because... I knew there was an age difference. That didn't bother me, but I didn't want to let the age difference get to too big a gap. So that's why we literally started trying right away. Mm -hmm. But I did want one. When we started dating, it wasn't on my mind. But as things progressed, yes, when we got married, I was like, yes, we will have a child or more if if you want. Well, we we couldn't, but yes. We couldn't, but I didn't want to let the gap get too big. Yeah. And, but you have said that I had told you that I didn't know if I wanted kids. I don't know where I got that conversation. Maybe I did make it up in my head because you talked about not liking to babysit, all kinds of things. And I was like, I, I think I said this, I, I said, I think Jamie would be okay not having any kids. And I think I thought that for some reason at one point. Mm-hmm. Again, I think you probably had to tell yourself that. So you would like start dating me. <laughs> How did you know that you're ready to have an RS baby with a man with three kids? So I personally don't really think about if I'm ready for anything before I do it. I'm just kind of get an idea in my head and I do it. I'm not a huge overthinker in that way, I think. No. Once you decide, it's like, let's do it. Yeah. My ability to delay gratification is very small. Mm -hmm. But I think the big thing for me was his age. Like you're 13 years older than me. So you were 40 when we got pregnant with Reese. Mm-hmm. And when we got married and I kind of knew like if we wanted to do this, we were going to have to do it soon. So it wasn't a matter of me being ready. I don't think you're ever ready to have a kid or I don't think I would have ever been ready to have a kid. Like there was nothing I could have done to better prepare myself. You don't know until you're in it. So I, I, I don't really have an answer to that. I just kind of did it. And I think a lot of people wait for the perfect time for a lot of things in life and you can find yourself overthinking. Like if it's something that you want and you, know, you can't stop thinking about it, just like don't overthink it and do it, right? It's going to yeah, be complicated. We, we were, yeah, we just kind of trucked on and... Romped and made it happen. <laughs> we got pregnant at my sister's wedding. <laughs> okay, so do we celebrate our ours baby's birthday a second time because my stepkids weren't there with us for the actual day? Yes, totally. Yeah, or we even will request the kids for her birthday. We've done that before where it's it's one of the kids' birthday or it's her birthday. We just try and request that everybody be there. Or we but do like if, a birthday dinner when everyone's here. Yeah, and we will delay birthday. Now that they're older, it's not as big a deal to do it right on the day if you know we've got one away at university. So we will just try and do it when everyone can get together. But yeah, sure. We would do the day of and have a celebration and then do, cause we remember you used to do those birthday traditions on their actual birthday. Mm-hmm. We always had some sort of prank or some sort of neat thing. Now that they're older, we don't do that as much, but we always did that on their day. You know, we would do it for Reese, even if the kids weren't here. Mm-hmm. I don't even do that for Reese. I just did it for them. You didn't really do it much for Reese. We did a couple little ones. You know what? It's because I was trying room. so hard to be such a great stepmom <laughs> and step up and do all the things and try to be perfect. And with Reese, I'm like, I don't care. I'm a good mom. I don't need to prove anything. To anyone. You got called a good mom the other day. I know, at the that restaurant. was so nice. You were so flattered we were about that. Yeah. Okay. How have you managed Reese's disappointment when her siblings go back to their moms? 
So this was really hard when she was young because she would go into their rooms and she would look for them. Remember, she'd look in Zach's bunk bed. Or when we would drop them off, she would start screaming and crying. That was really hard. But it was like some weeks she was fine with it, other weeks she wasn't. And, you know, we would just give her extra cuddles and extra love. And, yeah, it sucked for her. Yeah, and I think I would try to do something with her and distract her. I can remember thinking in the winter if it was snowy, I would take her for a snowmobile ride that afternoon or something. You know, Mm -hmm. we would try and occupy her or or if the kids were going to their mom, maybe we were going to do something. Just try to preoccupy her. Yeah, you just kind of support them as you would support your child if they're upset about anything. How do you come to terms with the age gaps between your stepkids and the Iris baby? 18 more years of no us time. So if they have another baby, then there's 18 more years without kids. Oh, you'll find out it's only about 14 or 15 years. Yeah, it's not 18 years. <laughs> they don't want to hang out with you. Even 12, 13, they start to yeah. wander on their own and get their wings and yeah. fly away. But the age difference, like I love the age difference between Reese and the kids. We were talking about this the other day. Yes, it would be great for Reese to have had kids to play with in the basement and to you know, play house with and siblings. Like right now, the older kids don't play with her. Like they're teenagers. No, but she has such a great relationship with them. And it's just so special, right? Like, you know, Madison's 20 and she's home right now for reading week. And it's just so nice to see Reese excited with her. She's kind of like another mother to her. Yeah. And Reese, like last night we watched a movie and Reese had to be beside Madison on the couch. It wasn't us. Mm -hmm. And then even Ethan's here full time now. And it's funny watching the two of them go do something or Ethan will take her into town or, you know, I think that's neat. And then Zach will still play a game of hide and go seek with her the odd time. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So there's definitely like pros and cons to the relationships in like the different age gaps, but I don't know. I kind of like it. How do you cope with the pressure of the woman who did it before you? So the stepmom feeling pressure because of how their mom was. I never felt that. No, I don't think you did. No, I never felt that at all. I never felt like there was a competition. I never felt. There's never a competition, but I think, you know, we were very fortunate. We had the kids a lot when they were young and, you know, we'd get them on Halloween. We'd get them on birthdays. There was never that she had to have them. And, And I think it gave you you know, the opportunity to set up new traditions and new things and chocolate houses and different things that they never did. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just that setting up new traditions and different things. If she's got her thing that she does with the kids, we don't try to duplicate it. We do something different. Yeah. And that's the thing. Don't do the competition, right? So if mom is really good at something, don't try to be good at that too. If that's not your thing, like find out what makes you unique in their lives and focus on building that unique relationship instead of trying to be what she is or vice versa. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's that copycat scenario that doesn't work because then you do kind of compete. It's if one does one, does the other one do it better? Do do something totally different. Mm -hmm. And you'd, you'd be surprised what the kids like. You know, it may sound like, wow, that's a really cool thing they're doing over at their mom's, but then they come here and it's a little more simple, but it's just, you find out years later, they loved it. Mm hmm. Or like if I know there's stepmoms who will feel insecure when the stepkids will come back and be like, well, I did this really cool thing at mom's or, you know, we did this on the weekend at mom's and they're like, I don't want to hear what they did with their mom. Like, I don't want to hear about that. But why not? Right? Like, listen to them. Like they're sharing something exciting that they did in their life. Like it's not about their mom. It's about them sharing their life with you. So be excited for what they do with their mom or, you know, be interested in it and give them that permission to be able to just like communicate openly about what's going on at both houses. And then, you know, ask them what they want to do 
mm-hmm. at your house. And if they're like, no, I've already done that with mom, that's cool. Like, it's not about doing what they do. You have to find something different. My stepkids have made it clear that they don't want an ours baby. How do we say that we are trying? Well, they don't need to give you permission to do that. I think it's about just having this open and honest conversation about what you all want for your life, right? But they don't get to dictate that. Yeah. And how old are they? If they're dictating something like that, they're probably fairly young. Are you going to let a... Or they might be like 16. or 10 or... Even at 16, though, I still think they're going to have their own life in five years. They're going to be on their own. And you two might have made a decision based on what the kids wanted that is wrong for the two of you. So I think you just have to sit down with them and explain to them that this is going to be something that the two of you want longer term and you want the kids to be involved and love this baby. And you mm-hmm. know, how do we come to some sort of common ground rather than trying to get permission? Cause you see that where dads will ask their kids permission to marry someone or what if they say no? <laughs> you know? Well, that's I, why you didn't ask my dad. I didn't ask your dad because I wasn't so sure he liked the situation. He didn't. He would have said no. And he would have said no. So I thought, why would I ask him when he's probably going to say no? And then I'm going to go against what he said. So I can't win either way. <laughs> I don't know. It's great to have family planning and a family discussion, but giving the kids a total say in something like that is, we, we didn't give the kids a say. I mean, we just you know, eventually told them. They just them. knew we were going to try. Yeah. How do you parent your R's baby if you don't agree with the amount of time your stepkids play Xbox and iPad? Just wait because they're not going to be playing Xbox right when you give birth. Just stay the course, right? We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Don't worry about it till it's an issue. Yeah. You've got five years probably before the baby's on an Xbox. Mm -hmm. I limit Reese's iPad time far more than I ever limited the kids. Yeah. And if you're at an age where the ours baby is six or seven and the other kids get more time because they're teenagers, I mean, it's also age appropriate the amount of time they get. And there might be just different rules Mm -hmm. for younger kids based on a whole bunch of other reasons. All right. How did this feel financially? I worry about his obligation to the ex and the kids. Yeah, me too, sister. It did suck, right? Like financially, it was like... Yeah. And I mean, I even thought I should go in and rewrite the system. Yeah, we're (laughs) going to rewrite the system. Which isn't because, you know, all of a sudden I'm paying child support based on these kids over there. and, And then I have another baby over here. And I almost think there should be a system where it's based on the number of kids. Obviously, there's got to be a base that they can survive over there on the child support. But again, that is a whole big subject. That did worry me is all of a sudden we've got another baby and I'm paying based on that over there. And I've got one here that it should be spread out amongst four kids and some sort of figure there. I don't know. It's, it's a hard one, but yeah, you have to kind of buckle down and realize there's going to be more expenses. And unfortunately the system hasn't changed. So you've got to pay. It just sucks. Yeah. Darren's going to rewrite the system. He's going to write a book. I just think there's a better way to do it when, you know, suppose I had three kids from my first marriage and then I have three kids over here, but I have to pay based on three kids yet. You know, they're looking at just my income over here and her income over there. When I have obligations over here, I think it's wrong that you have to pay so much. Now, again, there should be a base if there's a certain, but say we had had six kids all together, that the pot would have been spread out amongst those six kids. I'm not making any sense, but no, I'll you write are. it down are you good, someday. Though? Yeah, I'm going to stop rambling. <laughs> <laughs> How did you move past knowing it's not your partner's first and thinking it was not special for him? So we kind of touched on that at the beginning. Yeah, you were worried about that. Well, I did have that meltdown on the stairs where I was like crying that this wasn't going to be special for you. And 
you know what to expect having going through labor and like all of that kind of stuff. I, I do remember that, but thank God you did because <laughs> I had no experience with kids. I never babysat, had never really held a baby before. Like I'd never changed a diaper. And don't you remember after I gave birth and the nurse came in, she's like, well, you have to feed her. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. And when we came <laughs> home, I literally followed you around the house for a couple of days in a complete shock that I had a baby. Like, I'm grateful that you knew what to do because Frig, I didn't. Yeah. And it wasn't rocket science what I was doing. It was diapers and cleaning and, you know, helping you feed. But yeah, you had concerns about that. But what I would say is don't be too worried about it because I found that such a magical moment and you're bringing this baby into this world and it doesn't matter whether it's the first time or the fifth time. It's just such a great experience that, you know, you have that moment it's with you and the baby. It's such a great experience as the person who's not pushing well, a baby out of their vagina. And, it, and it's not always a great experience for everybody, but it is just a moment. Like, like I always say to people when they're having a baby, enjoy that first little bit when they're just, they're a new arrival. It's just amazing. It's mm-hmm. tiring. It's stressful. You got gout. It's, uh, yeah, I got gout. I was stressed. I, I didn't sleep for 24 hours for a part of it, but I look back and think it was just a magical moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of days after all that. Yeah. Well, someone wanted to know, is it okay to, you know, not have your stepkids for a few weeks after you have the baby so you can get used to it? I think a few weeks is a lot to ask because they're going to be excited and you don't want them to Mm -hmm. feel like they're not invited and they're not allowed to come over because you have this new baby and you started this family. But we did, like, so we had the kids the week we had the baby and they went to your parents' house for a couple days to give us it. And I would do that stepkids or not. If we were to have another baby, I would send Reese somewhere too. Yeah, I think it was just we needed a few days to get our bearings. Yeah, we were right. I forgot we sent them to my mom and dad's. Yeah, but you want to get them involved as soon as possible because, you know, if you were to say, oh, you know, to your former wife that uh, you can keep the kids for a month while we get, you know, then all of a sudden the kids are going to feel a little bit left out. Mm -hmm. How do you explain the divorce to your baby that they can't see the siblings all the time? I'm always like age appropriate. So we share them with their mom. We've always just said that to Reese, you know, they have a mom, your mom and your dad live here. We share them with their mom. They go every other week. Like we would just say whatever it was during that time. Yeah. And we didn't, again, age appropriate was the right word, but Reese would quiz us, you know, so daddy, you were married before. Did you live with her? (laughs) You know, like she would ask questions as she got older and we would answer them and and try and explain it to her the Mm. best way. And now she... You know, she grasps it, but it's funny the way she talks about it sometimes. And she'll like say to the kids, she'll be like, guys, did you know that your mom was married to dad and she lived in this house and then they broke up and then he started dating my mom and then they got married and they had me. And they're like, yeah, Reese, we know. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's what happened. So it's really funny. How to deal with unfairness because our ours baby gets more here. Is that unfair? I've been very passionate about this one. So Reese gets more from us than the other kids. Ish. Ish. Because we were just talking about Christmas, how their age, that we probably spent more on them. Maybe it seemed like Well, because they're more more. expensive. They want more expensive things. Yeah. But we always consider that they're getting stuff over at the other house. So there's nothing wrong with if the kids are over on Christmas day at their mom's, that Reese gets a few things here. And then when they come here on Boxing Day, she gets some things. So she gets a bit more. I brought it up earlier in this podcast about the fairness, you know, that if 
we take Reese on a trip when the kids are with their mom, you know, we're doing that this winter because none of the kids can really go. We're going at a time, it's not March break. Even at March break, the youngest one is taking driver's training. The other one is at university. The other one's working. They couldn't go anyways, but Reese is getting a trip and they're not. But there are times when they get a trip over at their mom's that Reese doesn't get. Uh-huh. So you can't really keep score. You can't keep it equal, but you try to keep it as fair as possible. Yeah. You said something once that was really good. So sometimes fair isn't always equal. Yeah. And you know, if I'm out shopping and Reese needs some extra clothes, like I'll go buy Reese some clothes, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go make sure everyone else got the same amount of stuff. Right. You know, they're at different stages too. They're at different need levels. You know, Ethan's got a job, so he bought a truck. So he needed a few things for that. So we gave him some money towards that. You know, Madison's at school. She needs things from time to time. So you'll take her shopping or go do something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean we have to equalize it with all the other kids. But like I said, we try to keep it fair over time. Yeah, for sure. Are you happy with just one or do you wish you had another? What made that decision okay? So this might be someone who's new here. So we had fertility issues. We had secondary infertility. So we tried for three years to get pregnant after Reese. We did several rounds of IUI. We did all the drugs, like all the things. And we were about a week and a half away from doing IVF. And I was just like, I just said, no, I was done. We just decided not to go anymore. It just had gone on too long. Like at that point, Reese was going to be six. So then we were going to have this other age difference. And it was something I really wanted back when Reese was young. And I felt like I just kind of needed to let go. So do I wish we had another baby? Yeah. There's times when I'm like, oh, it would have been nice if we had another one, but I'm pretty content right now. And I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And I personally, like looking at our life now, I don't know if I would have been able to manage all that I'm managing with like work and our life right now and all the kids with another baby. Yeah, I agree with you. I think everything happens for a reason. I think the only thing I feel we miss is, like you said, Reese doesn't have that sibling that's a, within a year or two or three where they can play and fight a little bit. But again, she has kind of a cool situation because she's got the older siblings and she has cousins and friends. And, you know, that's probably the thing that I would say I would have missed, but I'm content as well. I think we're pretty free. Like we have a lot of freedom with Reese at her age now. And we took her a lot of places when she was a baby, but bringing one baby somewhere and bringing two babies somewhere is completely different. Like if you look at my sister, she has three young kids and for her to like take those kids on a weekend getaway or something, it is an event and it's not that relaxing for them. Whereas we always kind of had it pretty chill with Reese because we just had one young kid. Yeah, I think it worked out well for our lifestyle. Everything happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're both content with it. I know. That just made me sad when I read the question, though. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot how <laughs> sad. And that was such a trying I we time. Were, I think for a few years there, we, we really wanted it. And, mm-hmm. and it wasn't happening. And It was devastating. Yeah. But now I'm good with where we're at. Any advice on talking to your stepkids about their mom speaking down to them about the Irish baby? To the kids, the kids say, mom says this about the new baby. We didn't really have that, fortunately, or that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> the kids don't always tell us stuff that's said. But I think you, you know, have to explain to the kids their mother's not in the situation. This isn't their mother's baby. This isn't their mother's mm-hmm. home. You know, their mother doesn't know what's happening in that household to be able to speak down 
to mm-hmm. that child. And, you know, if they hear little things here and there, it's sort of when you hear a little rumor around a town, you don't know if it's true. You don't know if it's anywhere near true. Or you don't know that person's situation or you don't know what's going on in that household. So I always say you have to take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing to say to your kids is... Do you think that's true? Like, I'm sorry that your mom feels that way, but what do you think is true, right? And never call their mom a liar because you don't want them to take that personally or you don't want them to, you know, kind of feel those loyalty issues, but just kind of be open and honest. Like, well, what do you think is true or how do you feel? Or, you know, that hurts our feelings when we hear that, but that's okay because everyone's allowed to have their opinion. Like, just kind of keep that open and honest conversation while debunking it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, you know. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, like if you were to sum up the Iris baby experience, because people are like, is it worth it to have an Iris baby? Like, does it cause extra stress? Like, I do think it causes a bit of extra stress in the dynamic, but I think the pros far outweigh the cons. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't change a thing, and it does far outweigh it, and it's wonderful. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. And yes, there is stresses. There, It comes with, you know, monetary obligations down the road that, you know, maybe you and I would have retired sooner than we will because we've got a younger child, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it for this one, honey, but you've got a couple more to record. Well, nice to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. But only if you like the episode, though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.